everybody. This is No Chick Flick Moments. Hi. Hi. I am your co-host, Remy. And I'm your other co-host, B. Welcome to our Supernatural Watchcast. Yes. Yes. Here we are, right at the beginning, season one, episode six. Skin is the skin, name. not skins. Skins is, is, is I've been calling it skins all week, and B um, never misses an opportunity to call me out on it. So I am agreeing with you is what I'm doing. <laughs> the the seven S's I send in a message. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh huh. Uh huh. So mm-hmm. season one, episode six, skin, aka the shapeshifter episode, well beloved, very yeah, well gift in the fandom. Some excellent character moments and some batshit tomfoolery. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, you ready to talk about it, B? Yeah. All right. This uh, is episode six. This is episode six. It was written by John Sheban and directed by Robert Duncan McNeil. Its original air date was October 18th, 2005. Okay. Yeah. The synopsis for this episode reads, Sam and Dean come to the aid of Sam's old college buddy after he is accused of a murder he swears he didn't commit. The brothers discover a shapeshifter is adopting the likenesses of others and murdering people. The brothers, possessive, race... (laughs) To stop, the shapeshifter takes a terrifying turn when he shifts into the likeness of Dean. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And we open this episode in St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. We see a woman bound, bloodied, and gagged inside of a house and a SWAT team outside silently approaching through the building. Do they typically call in SWAT for a home invasion 911 call? I don't know. That I don't a little... even know. Hmm. Well, you know. It makes for some pretty cool visuals, though. Uh-huh. Like it does. The way that we are now skulking through the hallway, silently trying to find where this invader is. And they turn the corner in the bedroom and a man is trying to escape through the second story patio doors. But um, when he is told to freeze and turn around, we see um, it is Dean standing there with his arms raised holding a knife yes and and did you mention that as as the SWAT team is going through the house they do find uh, a woman bound and gagged and beaten and bloody tied to a chair I mean I did mention she was there okay okay I don't listen to you B I mean I just you know no worries <laughs> I just wait for my own turn to talk I'm painting the wallpaper here. You don't have to pay attention. <laughs> well, so so we know this we 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 know what has happened, but we are surprised to see who supposedly committed this yes crime. It's Dean, yes. or is it? So let's go back. Let's go back. One week earlier at a gas station. Sam is reading emails on his phone, which looks so painful. (laughs) Oh, my God. He has a little touch pen, and he's tapping the surface. 
There's this email from December 5th, 2005 from his old college buddy and um, Dean is surprised that A, Sam is keeping up with these people and B, that he's lying to them saying, you know, I'm just on a road trip with my brother. I have to figure shit out after Jess died and he's not giving them more details to what is the truth going on in his life. Right. Um, and and when Dean, um, you know, realizes that he, Sam, has kept in contact with his old friends from college, he he asks, you know, what do you what, what do you tell them? What do you what can they possibly know about you? How can you maintain a friendship when you're lying to them? Um, it, it just doesn't compute with him. It, yeah. he, he knows the difficulty of of living this life and um, and he has just learned to not get too close to anybody but here Sam is trying to maintain those connections uh, even though he he can't tell them the whole truth. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to what we discussed in the pilot where Sam feels confident in living a double life and not seeing any negative consequences to this, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as he's able to maintain the stories that he's telling, what's the problem in telling them? Mm -hmm. But Dean actually has a problem with the fact that, you know, he's committing the sin of omission. If you're not telling them everything, then you are lying to them, Sam. And it is easier to tell the truth, but if that's not the option, then cut these people out of your life. Yeah, yeah. Dean thinks that if you can't be completely open with someone, then you're not really friends with them. So that's why Dean doesn't have friends, can't have friends. Um, And that's what he's trying to tell Sam. But Sam... Um, just, you know, he, again, he's trying to maintain those connections and he thinks that Dean is just being, being a loner, but, um, but. But it's something really telling about their characters Mm -hmm. that Sam is comfortable with these shades of gray with the people in his life where he thinks, you know, as long as what I am saying serves us, then it's okay. Whereas Dean, we see, actually has this very stark black or white vision of what it means to have someone in your life. And he is, you know, not in so many words, saying that he only wants people in his life that he can be honest with and that are honest with him in return. So hearing his brother is not in the same boat is kind of bristly to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but at the same time, Sam does, we see in this episode, he does genuinely care for the people that he's considering friends here. He wants to keep those connections. He does care about these people. And it, it would hurt to have to sever all those connections. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's neither just, of them are, yeah, yeah. It's interesting seeing the way that they approach the idea of friendships and relationships with this light on it yeah man we oh yeah we open up with a pretty with a with a pretty uh illuminating mm, bro talk a doozy of a scene all couched in sarcasm and brotherly banter oh and but sam's 
blackberry palm be still my heart i love it so much (laughs) i knew you would with its with its stylus and its scroll wheel you know my first phone was a blackberry pearl and it was amazing so you're really having memory lane pop up here Mm mm-hmm gosh yeah, his email message, um, he, the one that he is the most alarmed by is from a Rebecca Warren saying that her brother has been falsely accused of murder in St. Louis. And Dean figures, okay, cool story, not our problem. But Sam is like, this is a friend, so I'm making it our problem. We're going to go look into this. Yeah, and Dean's like... St. Louis is 400 miles behind us. We just came from that way, basically. And yeah. and I'm like, Dean, it's 400 miles. It's like six hours. It's not going to kill you. And also, do you have somewhere better to be? Well, it sounded like they were planning on going to Arizona. Maybe there was the case there that they were looking at. Or who knows what sort of lead they were trying to pursue Maybe it was dad-related, maybe it wasn't, but Sam definitely puts the urgent flag on this conversation and overrides whatever they were previously going to do. Yep, yep, but, you know, Dean agrees, reluctantly, and they head to St. Louis. Yeah. So, outside of Becky's house, um, Sam is the one who gets a warm hug and invitation inside, and Dean's kind of standing there as an afterthought being introduced to her as the brother. And um, as they start discussing what went on for Zach, Sam leads with this fib saying, you know, we can help you because Dean's a cop. And Dean's face when he hears this is just like, (laughs) oh, okay, we're starting off with lies right away. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as soon as he gets a moment alone with uh, Sam, Dean calls him out on it too to say, "Oh yeah, we're really shooting the straight and narrow. You're that you're an A plus friend, Sam." But but yeah, when Sam does greet Becky at the door, they're the things that they're talking about and the way that they greet each other. I mean, it seems like they've known each other for years, and um, I think that it again it highlights how Sam can be a man of two worlds where Dean is really um really bliss um really bristling to see that attitude from him in that relationship because it to him it's just a house of cards. Yeah. And I think it also speaks to Dean being shaken in the faith he has in the people who care about him because if they're able to lie to other people, who's to say they're not lying to him? And we'll see later in the episode that um, at least from what the shifter digs out of his psyche, that Dean is really almost fatalistic saying that, of course, he's going to be left alone. Of course, people are going to leave him. And there's a lot of insecurities in him. And I think that... We don't get into it textually, but the way that he is acting towards these lies does feed into this image of, you know, he doesn't like it because it makes him insecure in his relationships with people who can do those lies so easily. Right, right. One of the running threads in this episode is that Dean is is lonely and 
um we can we can call to other things that we learn later in the series that 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 support that and um and what the shapeshifter brings up even just in this episode but it, 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 there's a big contrast to some of the things that we learn later to how dean the front dean was putting up with sam in the first scene of the of this episode where sam says so what i should just cut everyone out and dean smiles shrugs and is like yeah yeah it's got to be that way but he's very cavalier about it yeah and he kind of has to be because he figures that's what's going to happen to him eventually so why get attached if they're just gonna leave and okay, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, be twist my arm. We'll talk about it now. Okay, I yeah, think yeah. about Cassie. I know. I kept on thinking about her too. Because Cassie is someone that we meet later in this season. And really, I think um, uh, the biggest case study in what Dean's talking about here, where there was this gap in Dean's life in between Sam leaving for college and John disappearing that we know Dean was either alone with John or just straight alone. And there was a lot that happened to Dean in that time that Sam doesn't know about, John doesn't know about. Um, And one of those things is that he tried to build a meaningful relationship with this woman Mm -hmm. and uh and then when he was he tried to be truthful with her she left him for it yeah and we know that that was relatively recently yeah it's within the last two years that he fell hard and fast and then got burnt in this manner and and we don't and i i don't think that there's anybody else no friends. There are a couple hunter acquaintances that he greets with familiarity. Um, but it, either he just knows them in passing or he's like borderline antagonistic with them. Um, but yeah, as far like as, they're, yeah. they're business associates right. more than they are actual friendships. Right. As far as actual friendships and relationships in his life he doesn't have anyone he has his dad and he has sam and that's and if that's all that he has then we learn in this episode that's what can hurt him the most yeah if mom died sam left john left cassie left then that's the only pattern that he knows yeah yeah but right now he's just yeah he's a detective detective. from arizona and he'll totally look at the case Sam Sam says to Rebecca that they can help. She's unsure about, you know, taking them to the crime scene. Um, but they reassure her that it's okay. And Sam says that we just, they have to find a way to prove that Zach is innocent. Because he knows that Zach didn't do this. Yeah. And so when she takes them to the crime scene, they snoop around inside. Um, at this point, we know that Zach had an alibi with her the night that his girlfriend Emily died. AKA was murdered. 
Um, there is some footage of what appears to be him entering the building before the death took place, but he was with his sister until past midnight, so that two-hour window, he was accounted for with her. And in this crime scene, um, this is when Beck tells us that, you know, there's no forced entry, Emily let in her killer, and... From all of this, it seems like the best that they're going to get is, like, some sort of plea for leniency. They're not going to get not guilty. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Sam and Dean are kind of looking around. Sam asks if there's anything else um, that Becky know, can think of that was out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, if Zach didn't do this, didn't kill uh amy was it emily emily then somebody did so do you know anyone that could have done this or anything strange that's happened and becky says well there was one there was a break-in to the house before the murder about a week before the murder uh and nothing was stolen except for some of zach's clothes yeah, which is super weird, mm -hmm. but the police are kind of like, well, whatever. There's petty crime all over the place. Right. Uh, and the other odd thing is that they're, uh, while they're in the house, there is a dog uh, that we hear barking. And we see that it's the neighbor's dog who is standing at the fence and um, barking and growling and just generally acting very aggressive. And Becky says, you know, he, he used to be the sweetest dog, but right around the time of the murder, he just, now he's like this. And uh, Sam and Dean know that... Uh, the dog, the dog as an animal, may have been you know more attuned to specifically the supernatural. So this is swaying. This is one piece of evidence that is kind of swaying Dean over to Sam's side of things. Maybe this is their kind of uh, case. Yeah, Sam says as much. You know, we've looked into less, and Dean can't disagree. Mm -hmm. I mean, just last week it was eyeballs that melted in someone's head they're like well yeah i'm not a doctor that seems weird <laughs> so here it's like i'm not a vet but that seems weird right and two places at once uh if it's if true if true this is exactly. huge <laughs> exactly exactly uh we also in the house we see a photo of sam uh becky and zach uh, uh on the fridge and mm -hmm. they look just like a gaggle of friends happy from from a happier time and yeah. sam pauses in front of the photo and looks very uh forlorn maybe i i took it as him you know uh missing that easy that easy life that he he had and that yeah. companionship that he could share with others Definitely. Because this is an image from before Jess's death. This is an image of before times when his life was mm -hmm. on track to being what he wanted outside of hunting the supernatural. And then here he is now. Um, Zach's life has imploded just the same as how Sam's life has imploded. Worse because, you know, he's in custody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, happiness never lasts long, it seems. Yeah. 
Uh, but this picture that you're referencing, um, we get to use it as a visual reference to who Zach is, and we cut into the next scene, um, someone who looks exactly like him, watching this couple part ways at the threshold of their house. And his eyes flash silver as he smiles at watching the girl intently. Yes. Yeah, we hear... Uh, from the couple that the man is going out of town for a night on a business trip and then we get this ominous scene where he is uh, uh, where the creature is revealed yeah so we know Zach's in custody if we're seeing him out and about then that's lending credence to the fact of you know could be a dark double and they go away with uh, Becky and her stolen footage from that night to review who entered into um, Emily's building. And as they are checking it over, you know, the video is authentic. Um, Sam sees something and he kind of asks Becky for a couple trips to the kitchen Mm -hmm. so that he and Dean can privately talk about what he saw on the film. Yes. Uh can can you get us some beers? Maybe maybe a couple sandwiches too. I'm like, yeah. "Oh god, hide me." <laughs> and then she's like, "What do you think this is? Hooters?" And Dean's like, "God, I wish." And I'm like, "God, I wish I was dead." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is this is uh one of the one of the lines in this episode that happened. Yeah. I mean, spoilers for 20 minutes into this but the shifter makes a comment that dean would sleep with becky if given the chance and in order to give evidence for this comment um we had dean saying things like sam goes yeah it's from my old friend becky and then he's like oh is she hot and i'm like okay Mm -hmm. relevance and then now this Hooters comment, like, they're they're doing things to remind us that, you know, Dean would bone her if given the chance. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. Very cute. And and with the, uh, <laughs> with what the shifter has to say later in the episode, I was really giving this one a hard think because it's, it, uh, right before we started the call, um, I was asking B, do you think that, do you think that this was supposed to be like kind of tongue in cheek, like, like self-aware uh, for what, for what they're saying here or, or are they really just that tone deaf? But you know, 2005 guys. And, and more than that, we're talking about supernatural here. The depth from this show comes from the fandom Mm-hmm. more times than not <laughs> so trying to say you know oh they were they were being tongue-in-cheek they were doing this i'm like this is bush administration this is misogyny like there's there's a culture on television right now in 2005 where guy characters are expected to make comments like this and get away with it you know that's yeah. just the way it is and watching it 15 16 years later you're like oh this sucks yeah. Well, it is particularly heavy-handed in this episode, so. Yeah. I don't know if it's consequence of the writer or the director or what, but um, you know, it It, it really felt like they had to get it out <laughs> on like a club foot, like they just 
thumped us over the head with it. Because, like, in the second episode, we saw Dean being charming, kind of flirty, but he's not going anywhere with it. Even though this character is, you know, someone that is maybe more attainable than, hey, my little brother's really close friend who I just decided that I want to bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't feel like it was deftly handed. And I don't even know if it was necessary because the shifter could have just been like, I think Becky look, is looking really nice now. And like you could have just left it be the shifter's behavior, but it was an intentional choice to have this be informed by Dean's own id. Yes, especially since um, we, we learn from the shifter that he is taking on more and more of Dean himself uh, the longer that he stays in Dean's skin. So I guess we had to see it in both. uh, uh, Like you said, Dean's id. But yeah, we we also got a lot of torture I'm like looking at the camera and I'm just, choices. (laughs) Choices. Lots of torture porn this episode, so. Oh my gosh, yeah. I actually had a real issue with um, seeing the shifter as Dean attacking Becky and like they cut before he starts beating her but it's very apparent that it's there and there's just a lot of subtext around seeing all of these women bound bloodied and gagged. They're not just bound and gagged, they have been sliced into, they have been roughed up and it's just... Ugh. And we also does not know, feel great. Yeah, it does not feel great. And we also know that um, we know enough about the shifter's motivations that it's it's just even more uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, targeting couples, taking on the figure of one of the couples members. I'm losing track of my <laughs> nouns, but like. Choosing to be one person in a partnership and destroying the other person is a level of therapy that I cannot comprehend. Like, I I don't know how to psychoanalyze that. Well, he gets to treat uh, Becky as his captive psychiatrist in a few minutes, so... Oh, gosh, and that conversation is something... Yeah, well, well, so they, they, Sam and Dean get Becky out of the room so they can talk freely. And um, Sam saw something in the tape. He saw the uh, person who looks like Zach as he approached the front door to the house. Uh, he faces the camera and his eyes flash. Yep. So they make a little comment, you know, lore drop that this idea that the camera catches your true essence, you know, it's a glimpse into your soul. And so um, this could be a doppelganger. This is some sort of dark double. They're now wondering has um, taken over Zach's visage. Mm-hmm. Or uh, a doppelganger, as I wrote it on my notes doppelganger dobble dobble a doppelganger that's very cute (laughs) (laughs) i did it wrong anyways so so 
Um, we cut back to the couple, Alex and Lindsay, and Alex has returned home early and he's calling through the house for her, um, but he finds blood on the wall and soon enough finds Lindsay tied up and terrified of him. Yes, terrified of him. Please don't hurt me anymore. Uh, go away. Leave me alone. Uh, but yeah. you know, Alex just trying to free her, uh, trying to care for her, very, very minimally though, because oh. he hears a noise in another part of the house and then just leaves. Like, <laughs> I'm like pretty convinced she was still tied up. Uh huh. It's like okay, okay, yep. Yeah, again, choices. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's not safe yet. But he goes and he tries to figure out what has happened and his likeness as the shapeshifter emerges from the shadows and Alex is surprised to see himself bloodied holding a baseball bat. Yep. Surprised He's even enough. more surprised when he starts getting <laughs> bashed in with it. Right, right. Alex gets clubbed and the screen goes black. Yeah. So let's cut to the next morning, 5.30 a.m. Sam and Dean have determined that there's no sign on the footage of this double leaving. So he probably went out the back way where the camera isn't. And the cops aren't thinking in the same form of logic that they are so they're going to be the first ones to check for potential leads as to where this double escaped to after the murder well and i i'll just call this lazy writing because uh, actually no i don't i won't be so negative there's a (laughs) bit of a gap here um because Dean says, oh, that's a good thought, Sam. He might have left from the back and the cops wouldn't think to look there because they think that Zach never left. But we have a camera on the front door of this house. And if Zach entered at 1030 and Zach entered at 1230, did they not think that was weird? Yeah. Like in different clothes. (laughs) Did he just, you know, go out the back exit and then come back again? Like, it could be... I I thought the same thing while watching it. I'm like, okay, what kind of backflip can I f- perform without throwing my back out? <laughs> Please don't. And I, I think it just would be that they're like, this is an open and shut case. We have the murderer going in. Somehow he comes in a second time, but all he did was come back after he committed the crime and try to act like he didn't do it. Like, I don't want to disparage. I just feel like in this circumstance, they probably saw an open and shut case. And this fictional cop that I'm disparaging (laughs) was just taking a shortcut. I mean, not even not even Becky mentions it, but, you know, all right. No, well, there's a lot of like little holes in this episode that we just don't draw attention to. Look over here where Sam is investigating the back door, the back alley, and uh, he notices a bloody handprint on one of the telephone poles by the sidewalk. Yeah, and we don't even really talk about it much because for some reason an ambulance is going down this back alley. 
And for some reason, Sam and Dean just decide to follow it. Yeah, they're like, we love chasing ambulances. <laughs> Second so, career path. Oh, gosh. And then once they get there, Sam, like, goes and takes off and he's looking in the back alley again because they, they hear what happened. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, this husband went nuts and attacked his wife. And they're like, hey, we've heard this story before. And so when Sam goes to the back to investigate, um, Dean talks to some of the first responders. And when they regroup, they have some more theories at play. Right. Dean has gathered uh, Alex's side of the story, which was that he came home and a double of himself beat him and his wife. Yeah. They think he's psycho. Yeah. But if this is two cases of duplicated people attacking their spouses or their partners, um, we have a really solid lead here. And Sam is like, okay, shapeshifters, do you know of any in the lore that could fly? Because this is the second spot we went to check where the trail just dies. There's no leads beyond a certain point. Right. Uh, And Dean says, no, but if not up, then what about down? And they are standing over a manhole to the sewers. So that's a lead. Yep. So let's go snooping in the sewers. Not my first choice. (laughs) But they are figuring that the sewer system is some sort of fast travel way that this killer could be navigating the city. Um, They find a couple piles of goopy melting flesh and hair, which is extremely tasteful. Yes. Yeah. Sam and Dean think so as well. But this is definitely something... That is something. So yeah. whatever this is, it's probably using the sewers to, uh, uh, it's probably using the sewers around this area. They already have, you know, speculated that that the sewers probably run past uh, Zach's house as well. So they. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens. They were oh, well, oh they say I, that I'm they like need it's a some... little weird because they decided to go into the sewers then they were like, yeah, it looks like it's a shifter. Even mm-hmm. though they had decided on the surface it was a shifter. So they go back to the surface and then they're like, let's get weapons and then go back in the sewer again. You're you're so right. That's why I got tripped up because yeah, so now they have actual physical evidence that something's going on down in the sewers. They 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 know what trail to follow so they are back at the car um and they know no matter what kind of shifter it is a skinwalker of what werewolf a, a werewolf whatever it is uh one thing is foolproof and that is a silver 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 bullet to the heart yep A silver, silver, silver bullet. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I guess the reason why we had to have this scene is because Becky calls now. Right. And she is pissed. She is accusing Sam of lying because there is no Dean Winchester, Arizona detective. And 
if they just entered the sealed crime scene for the hell of it, then that could ruin Zach's case. And she gets all of this out and then just hangs up on him. Yeah. Uh, back off, Sam. I really don't need your help anymore. Yeah. And Sam is pretty bummed out about this, but Dean is trying to reassure him that, you know, if they knew the real you, they'd be freaked. We are not like other people, and this gig is not without its perks, a.k.a. hands his brother a gun. This will make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. You got got a gun, so you're cool, dude. Yeah. And I'm like, Sam, how did you see this going? I think he's just so confident in telling lies that it didn't occur to him that, you know, Becky might want to double check what he's saying. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that it comes easy to him, but now he, now that he's actually caught out on it, he has to face the consequences. And this isn't like interviewing random librarian number three. Mm -hmm. This is a friend that he like it's real betrayal and that's what dean's trying to say you can't you can't do both yeah if you're trying to get away with bigger and bigger lies eventually they'll come out and what do you expect besides an implosion at that point mm-hmm. but so. you get a gun so it's okay yeah let's go shoot things you'll feel better Mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in the sewers yeah we are snooping with our flashlights out and they find more sheddings and a pile of clothes, and they think they must be getting close to the lair. But when Sam turns around to look at Dean, there is the shifter behind him. And this shifter kind of shoves Dean down, injures his left arm, and then runs before Sam can actually shoot him with the gun. Right. Sam and Dean pursue. We see the shifter as Alex exit the sewers and run Um to get lost in this park and by the time sam and dean uh also get out from the manhole uh they've they've lost him so they decide to split up search the area and then meet back at the car yeah so sam's being a little bit more subtle with his gun although it still looks very scary just to see (laughs) a man with his hand stuffed napoleon style into his shirt Uh but dean isn't even trying he's like i'm gonna run with my gun out and people can be rightfully freaked right i also thought that it was interesting i don't know i i i think that one thing that they're both doing is you see that they're not just looking for Alex. They're looking, they're aware that the shifter could be anybody. Mm-hmm. So they're watching everybody for suspicion or for a reaction. Um, and they're going about it in different ways. But I guess Dean is more comfortable to be at the ready. Yeah, he might be like, I'm going to flush you out with intimidation. Whereas yeah. Sam is trying to be more subtle but ultimately when they reunite um he doesn't catch the way that this dean um his eyes flash silver as a vehicle drives by yes so they return to the impala and sam is surprised when dean asks if he's got the keys um 
Well, well, I mean, Sam had the keys, so so I had the same. I had kind of the same thought. Like, oh, did did Dean? I mean, did the shifter not get Dean's jacket or what? Um, did was Dean supposed to have the keys? But um, but no, I. I read that initial suspicion from Sam to really just Sam being aware that, again, this shifter could be anybody. So he is subtly testing Dean, who is not Dean, but we don't know that yet. He doesn't know that yet, um, by asking, hey, didn't dad uh, hunt a shifter in San Antonio and, and not the shifter responds, oh, no, 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 that was in Austin. And it wasn't a shifter. It was a, it was a psychic projection of a, a likeness of somebody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. he's reassured that um, Dean knows things that, that any imposter really shouldn't know. So yeah. he tosses Dean the keys and then he... Dean opens the Impala trunk, looks very lustily at all of the weapons that Yeah, we are see the the hand grenade gun. Mm-hmm. We or grenade launcher, I suppose, is the technical term. <laughs> we see the throwing stars and um it's from that key toss that Sam is like, okay, something's fucked here. Because Dean catches it with his left hand and his left arm was injured enough that it was hampering his ability to climb up from the manhole. So how is it all of a sudden okay? Yeah. I got it got better. Yeah. So Sam circles the open trunk lid. He he holds his gun at Dean and is accusing him of being the shifter and Dean is initially being like what are you talking about? Like if you want to shoot the shifter, you you want to shoot me? I'm your brother. Like, where do you expect me to be besides here? But you're He's not really my trying brother. to be subterfuge. Yeah, yeah. Sam insists, you are not my brother. And then the shifter says, all right, no, you know what? Yeah, go ahead, shoot me. Yeah, but if you you're won't. so sure. Yeah, but you won't because you're not sure. And um, the shifter steps up to Sam but Sam balks. He doesn't do it, which gives the shifter the opportunity to uh, uh, sideswipe Sam with a crowbar. Yeah. His left hand was in the trunk. That seems to be the dominant hand for the shifter. And he just does a one to palm the gun away and then club him with this crowbar. Yeah. So Sam is knocked out. For the first time this episode, (laughs) he awakens in the sewers and the shifter Dean um, kind of pistol whips him across the face. But Sam is relentless in asking, where is Dean? You really don't want to know. Yeah. But the shifter is taunting Dean. Sorry, the shifter is taunting Sam to say... You know, ugh, the more I learn about you, this family, I thought I had a shitty upbringing, but oof, you guys are a doozy. 
Yeah, that's great to hear from an outside perspective. <laughs> Super chill. Yes, yeah. And, and, and Sam says, what do you mean, learn? The more you learn about Dean, the more you learn about us. Mm-hmm. And we see this moment of the shifter kind of hand like he, oh my god he looks like he's like biting his thumb as all of yeah. these words and like little phrases that we've heard from the past couple of episodes are all overlapped with each other and um after this passes the shifter is just like yeah dean sure has issues with you i sure have issues with you and he goes into this little tirade against sam Right. And man, even this doesn't get into the half of it because there's just so much love and resentment and fear wrapped up in Dean and Sam's relationship already. Not to mention what we learn later through the series. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, but the shifter here is saying, you know, you got to go to college. He had to stay home with dad. You don't think I had dreams of my own, but dad needed me. Where the hell were you? Like, just yes. that little punch, punch, punch um, is offering these real cracks into what we know of Dean up to this point, where he has seemed fairly easygoing, but also attentive to the ways that Sam maybe doesn't know him. Um, but he just is swallowing these things down without comment up until the shifter is revealing the things now. Right, right. And yeah, those issues, there's this, apparently there's this resentment they, that, that we didn't know about it that we didn't know about you got yeah. to go to college you got to get out and i and you left me stuck because what was i supposed to do leave dad yeah i couldn't so why do you get to get out yeah and like the conversation they had at the start of the episode where dean's like you got to let people go that's not part of the life um the shifter right now is saying that dean was jealous of sam that he had friends that he had a normal life um but dean himself knows that he's a freak and sooner or later everyone's going to leave him yeah yeah you left even dad left it, which is a punch when Dean just said that he gave up something to to stay with John. Well, he even says, I did everything dad asked me to, yeah. and he ditched me too. No explanation, nothing. Just poof. But, yeah, there's... So if this is Dean's real emotions about this, then it's a big reveal for his character. Because up to this point, he's been sort of the advocate. You know, we got to have faith. It, this is the life. We'll get to dad. It'll be okay. He's the one who's been kind of reassuring Sam that they'll get to it. They'll find the killer. Stay the course. It'll be fine. And now we have the shifter kind of blowing that all up. And also, you know, this is the job. This is the life. I like this life. And this is what we were raised to do. Yeah. And there's good 
there's there's good and bad in it but at the end of the day we get to we get to help people so we've heard that from dean before but then now we're hearing you know i had dreams of my own you think you're the only one who maybe wanted something different for yourself wanted to get out no dean did too yeah so it's this air of selfishness that sam is getting this light cast on him and i don't think it's what he was expecting um and maybe it's kind of like with the demon when he was saying those things about jess um does sam sit here and be like no i don't think that that's something my brother would say or does this ring true in a way that sam would rather he wishes it rather wouldn't uh yeah absolutely you know, D- uh, Sam's trying to block it out, just keeping his his keeping his silence, only asking where's my brother. But but we also see him retreating into himself as it does kind of ring true because the shifter is saying, "I am your brother. I am." feeling what he feels i am i know what he knows and these are not his feelings they're our feelings they're my feelings and now i can use those feelings to to hurt it's it's rough but (laughs) but yeah it's also a huge like you said it's a huge reveal it's something that it's something that we're learning about dean um it's a lot of things that we're learning about dean and Mm -hmm. um and here at the end you know sam is still we see that these blows are hitting um and the shifter presses his advantage as it is uh to taunt sam to say you know rebecca dean really likes her I think I'll go pay her a visit. Yeah. This really ominous comment is the last thing that he leaves Sam with before covering him up with a tarp. Yep. So then we go to Becca again, and she is greeting Dean at the door. Very miffed, but um, the shifter is being very charming and saying, you know, I wanted a chance to explain myself. I just, I had to try. And she does let him in. Yes. So Becky is a bit disbelieving of what the shifter is telling her. Um, She's asking questions, you know, is this thing real? Um, Is it a genetic freak? And this is when the shifter says, maybe this thing was born different, hideous, and hated until he learned to become something else. And I'm like, God, that's a fascinating backstory right there. Like, it was born human, but became something different. Yeah, I actually really liked that. And um, I was, uh, in this episode, the first time that we're seeing a shifter, um, which becomes one of our staple monsters for supernatural Mm -hmm. as a series uh we're picking up a lot of uh what supernatural is establishing as lore for this creature it when it takes on your shape it 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 
also takes on your your memories and emotions when it changes it, it sheds and leaves evidence of its shift behind um and this origin of what a shifter is is very interesting i like it a lot it was mm-hmm. you know this shifter says born human and but 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 misshapen hideous hated not really not quite human until it adapted to be something else someone else yeah to become something other than what it truly was right right so i like that in the context of shifters all shifters that we see through the series yeah me too and I like how um, in this next scene where Dean is kind of waking up in the sewers and he's calling to Sam and Sam's calling back. Um, Dean frees himself and Sam tells him about the memory thing that's going on. And, you know, maybe Dean was left alive so that this psychic connection could be maintained. And, you know, the shifter could just siphon off whatever memories it needed in order to effectively portray Dean. Yeah. Yeah, that too. It it needed us alive. Yeah, so that's why, you know, Zach wasn't killed. Alex wasn't killed. Dean's not killed. They are just the tools for his or its sociopathy. Yeah. This compulsion to go attack a partner, victimize a woman using the face of a trusted person in their life. Not just the face, but to know the yeah. the memories and the love from keeping that connection yeah. alive and still and still, you know, doing what he's doing. Yeah. Like there's a line that comes up in an upcoming scene where the shifter says, you know, I really liked you and that makes this harder. And I wonder if that's the case for all the victims, because if he takes on the persona of that person's beloved, then, you know, does he feel those feelings or is that something that's more like a book he can flip through and hold himself detached from? Well, he always, he also says uh, to, to Becky in this scene, which is the one that, by the way, the one that we were talking about earlier, where we have the shifter and Becky sitting in front of the fire, sharing a drink. I'm like, Rebecca, do not sit next to the crazy stranger who's telling you about a fucking shape changing monster that impersonated your brother to kill a woman. I wonder how much of the truth about Sam um, the shifter used in order to get to this point, you know, mm-hmm. Sam was lying to you because of this. And, you know, if Beck has been a friend of Sam's for a couple of years now, like this is a story that would be fascinating to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, her brother and her liked Sam enough to take a picture picture with him. And it's still up on the fridge in Zach's place. Like, yeah, I'm sure that there was a relationship there that could be exploited. And yeah, the shifter just uses that to get into Rebecca's good graces and kind of get his rocks off telling this story about Dean 
and the shifter, um, the parallels where they relate. Right, right. And it's so cringy. It's so edgy and incelly. I just want to die. But the shifter is saying, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I kind of understand him. Close to no one. All alone. All he wants is for someone to love him. He's just like me. I'm like, good way of just, you know, hey, look, that was 95% of the human population. Good on you. <laughs> it's so hard to be different, B. But it's related back to Dean, and all he wants is to be loved. I know, but oh my god. Bottom lip wibble. I'm, I'm just burrowing six feet into the ground. I'm just like, let me escape from this. Anyways. <laughs> but remember Crip Key. We don't want to have these chick flick moments. They just keep happening because of introspectum, but we hope to keep them so that they're not too wussy. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. So, so yeah, but yeah, so here the shifter is again saying about Dean that this is what Dean feels, you know, he he feels alone. He feels like no one can understand him and he wants love but he can't have it. Yeah. But Becky is, like you're describing, she's kind of like, okay, I'm social distancing. We are getting apart from each other. But yeah. this guy, this creature is being a real creeper, leaning in and nosing at her hair and presumably whispering something we don't hear. But she gets pissed at this. She jumps up. She wants to call the police, but he gets in between her and the phone. He rips it away and then manhandles her on the floor, tying her wrists with the phone cord. And then we cut before we see her actually start getting beaten. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. That was fun and necessary. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, we're we're back on Sam and Dean, and they have escaped the sewers. They know that he was going to Rebecca, so they want to get there as soon as possible, but they also are going to call the cops because they know what's happening and they there's not a there's not a minute to waste. Well, Sam was going to, but Dean's like, you realize if you call that in, you're putting out an all points bulletin on me, your brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to handle this ourselves. Well, I, I, Sam says like, uh, he, he just kind of raises his hands. Like, what are we, what are we going to do? We got like, we got to run. And also if we don't, then Becky could die. So, I mean, I think they do call the cops because... Um, because in the next scene, uh, we are back at Rebecca's house and she is now tied to the chair in the dark, uh, at where she was from the first scene of this episode. So we're back at the beginning and mm -hmm. now Dean, uh, the shifter Dean is standing in front of her. Uh, she is already beaten and bloody, but he is still monologuing. 
talking yeah. he about. He has his Go ahead. knife out, and he's telling her that he has to do what he needs to do. Yeah, you know, he he liked you. That makes this harder. But yeah. you gotta do what you gotta what do. What a comfort, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. Like, Becky's just sitting there, she's like, you know, it was really hard for me to be in this situation, but knowing that makes it easy. Like, no! Fucking... Well, I, I'm with you. I'm like, this this writing, sometimes I'm like, was it necessary? Was it necessary? You know, You're it's super... already going hardcore with the violence. Yeah, you know what super wasn't necessary? All the close-ups on bloodied, low-cut cleavage. Yeah. Yeah. Low-cut blouses, I should say. Yeah. On bloodied cleavage. So. So we know where the writer and director stand on this one, so. Yeah, again, it's not any deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there is a noise in the house that alerts the shifter to the SWAT team that is approaching and he starts to make his escape and we catch up to where we were at the beginning of the episode with the SWAT team bursting into the room just as the shifter is preparing to leap out of the patio. He pauses with his hands raised, the knife in one hand, but this time we see the extension of the scene where shifter Dean throws the knife into one of the SWAT team members. He just goes woo with the gun and fires it up at the roof and the shifter jumps from the second story and does a tuck and roll onto the garden grass outside and just books her. Yes. Books it straight back to the sewers. Yeah. And it is time for one sexy strip tease, is it not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so we, you know, it, it's a, it's a gross scene, but it's a good scene, right? It's a we got the music that's probably one of my like top ten song choices from the entire series, uh, and the music is rising on the scene where the shifter is is stripping its clothes and then stripping its skin. Yeah. As we had seen before. We hear bones cracking. There's blood seeping out of the pores of the skin. Teeth falling out and then regrowing. And flesh ri- being ripped off and then melting on the ground. Yes. It's all very cool practical effects. And then like... Like I read in the companion book for season one... The idea behind the shifter and how it worked really informed other elements of this episode. Like, they said, okay, if he's going to shift, he needs a place where this takes place. And why don't we make it the sewers? And then that led to a lot of the story unfolding with this thought of, you know, this underground shapeshifter. Um, this is its mm-hmm. one kind of safe spot where it goes and does this really private, disgusting thing. Mm-hmm. But like you said, they like the it the way that they film it. Um, I would absolutely believe that the entire episode, um, was coming to this moment to see the the horror of the shifter, uh, shedding its skin in this way. There is a lot of care 
taken to the filming of this scene with the practical effects, the music, the the way that Jensen acts it. Yes. And like the producer Cyrus, what he said was, I did the inserts of the teeth in the ears and the ripping off and the teeth falling out. So that was a lot of fun. It grossed everybody out and they loved it. I love that episode just because of how weird and strange it was. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would absolutely recommend um, looking up the lyrics to the song on this scene. Because not only do I like it, I think it's a banger. Uh, but the lyrics are, they will send you spiraling. Now, is this the official song or the dubbed-in one for streaming? Oh. Ooh. I don't know. So, the song that I heard um, from Netflix was The Death uh, the Death Rider's Mary. The name of the track is Mary, and it's from the soundtrack for Depression. Okay. And the one that I heard was Hey Man, Nice Shot by Filter. Oh my god, I've got to go listen to that then. I wonder which one was in the original filming. I would guess, because I have the DVDs, Uh so that's probably what the official licensing had. Because it was still WB at that point. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I mean, that that actually, you know, it makes sense that... uh, uh, the the Death Rider song might have been dubbed in later because it's so it's so on the nose. the The oh, lyrics God. read, <laughs> "I don't want to be a freak show pretty boy anymore. I don't want to be a full time slave. I don't want to be your midnight cowboy anymore. I just want to be Mary. Who's your mother? Who's your mommy dear? Who's your father? Who's your father here? Who's your father? Who's your daddy dear? Silently screaming where everyone knows. Daddy's always watching. We're everywhere." where everyone everywhere i go oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> family's a little secret but mother never knew every father's dream boy every mother's nightmare too yeah my song was i wish i would have met you now it's a little late what you could have taught me i could have saved some face they think that your early ending was all wrong for the most part, they're right, but look how they all got strong. That's why I say, man, nice shot. What a good shot, man. A man has gun. Hey, man, have fun. Nice shot. I I am definitely going to... what. So, guys, listeners, what version did you listen to? Did you see when you mm-hmm. streamed the episode? I am definitely, as soon as we get off the call, I'm going to go uh, YouTube the scene with the original song yeah we're gonna play swapsies with yeah. <laughs> i definitely recommend uh the the mary song yeah that sounds intense knowing mary winchester exists and how much dean parallels her yeah Fuck. so so there is the tvs in the storefront window where the news is reporting, um, we're seeing Dean's face uh, sketched out as this person who broke in and attacked Rebecca. Um, there is a lot of heat Dean is feeling in the moment, a lot of passion, because he is pissed that now this attempted murder charge is being laid on him unjustly. 
And not only that, but this shifter probably drove the Impala and like, that's just a step too far. The thought of him driving my car. I can't handle it. Yeah. They have to go after this handsome devil and deal with him. Oh my gosh. Dean, uh, Sam, I should say, is being suspiciously flippant about this whole thing. Not suspiciously, but maybe like naively flippant about this whole thing. Because they, they have, they now have Dean on every TV in the region for there's a manhunt for him and sam is just like look let's just go it's you know get over it deal (laughs) yeah because we know they've been on the police radar before i mean it showed up in the pilot but they were all really sort of non-violent charges you know Mm -hmm. credit card fraud things like that but now to have attempted murder attached to his name um, even in the companion book, the writers and the producers that were involved were kind of like, we're making some big decisions that we sure hope don't bite us in the ass like six episodes from now. <laughs> but at the same time, it gives this lore, this building tapestry to the show that um, they get to refer to in later episodes as well. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it actually... I would say more than anything turns into a happy accident. You know, they, they don't want to write themselves into a corner, but really they open the door to, um, to more plot lines and more characters and more points of, um, uh, conflict for Sam and Dean that, that they get to explore later. Yeah. It makes for a richer, inverse story when you have big consequences happen for things that happen in an episode yeah yeah and also that um that juxtaposition between the real world and their world sam and dean's world and that the real world still exists parallel to Yeah, they can only operate outside the confines of the law so much before they end up brushing against that sphere and getting enveloped in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Dean's kind of mad that they got his nose wrong, but they're going to go find (laughs) the shifter. Yeah, they don't have any weapons, but they can probably get some as long as the car is intact. And they figure that the shifter likely drove it to Rebecca's, so it's bound to be somewhere around there. So they take off on foot back to Becky's and are initially very excited because they do see the Impala. But lo and behold, there are several patrol cars in the area looking for this person who broke in and assaulted (laughs) Becky and they immediately, you know, pop their sirens and are looking at Sam and Dean as suspicious. Yes. So Sam's like, go on, get out of here, Dean. They can't hold me. I'll catch up to you. We'll meet at Becca's. Oh, and by the way, don't go into the sewers alone. And I'm like, <laughs> mm, that's suspicious. Why did we say that? And oh, it's because in the next scene, we're going to have Dean being like, Sam, you should have known better. I wouldn't listen. 
Right, right. Dean has evaded the police for the night. Now he's back at the car. He's got his gun and he is uh, doing exactly that. He is going to go hunt down the shifter in its own lair. Yep. So the plan is that they're going to regroup at Becky's. Dean is too impatient to follow the plan to the letter. And so when he goes and checks out the sewer system, heading back into that lair, um, he actually finds some of the chains, some of the weapons, and also Rebecca held captive under a tarp. Yep. Yep. Super fun for her, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, where, again, we got some holes in the story. Because the SWAT team rescued her. And then did she just go home? And then the shifter was like, psych, got you again. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was a little, I was a little um, iffy on the timeline here because maybe she went to the hotel, hotel, to the hospital. She got debriefed by the police. And then she said that she, she says to Dean in the sewers that she was walking home and then she was attacked. She was hit over the head and she woke up in the sewers just in time to see that thing change into herself. So I think that the only thing that makes sense is that it, this has all happened in the same night. And um, where we see Dean, uh, Shifter Dean, shed his skin in the sewer uh and presumably change shape he was either changing into some other form to sneak up on on becky as she was walking home and then changed again once um she mm-hmm. once he had becky captive or uh where we saw dean <laughs> it's this is hard <laughs> where we saw the shifter as Dean shift into another shed and uh, shift into another form, um, maybe that was Becky and he had already captured her and brought her down. Um, yeah, I, I thought that there was a, a suspicious lack of fear from Becky to see her Dean. rescuer yeah. as the same person that b- brutalized her. Yeah. Um, so it would make the most sense to me if, uh, Becky saw the transformation from Dean to Becky herself, uh, yeah. and, and then now knows that it was the, it was the shifter all the, all along. Yeah. Yeah. There's just some kind of wibbly time stuff going on here because Sam presumably gets held, but released and he gets into Rebecca, quote unquote, her good graces enough to be invited inside and to have finished off at least one beer. And yeah, it's it's a little bit mm-hmm. hand wavy around here. They were like, we don't have enough minutes in an episode. You're just going to have to take us at face value here. <laughs> so if Becca's in the sewers, then the shifter is up with Sam. So Dean's like, we got to hurry. We have to go and save him. Yeah. But yeah, Rebecca, um, Sam is at Rebecca's 
house. They're, like you said, sharing a drink. And uh, Rebecca, as the shift, or the shifter, as Rebecca catches Sam unawares and knocks him unconscious. Yeah, for the second time. For the second time. So when Sam wakes up, um, the shifter has become Dean again. And he is kind of waxing poetic about murder in the fifth, murder <laughs> in the first degree of his own brother. He'll be hunted the rest of his life. And, you know, he is searching around for a butcher's knife that he can use on Sam now. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to intimidate uh, Sam with his torture tools or really just savoring the anticipation. Yeah. Sam's tied up on the floor, and as the shifter is kind of taunting him more, you know, your brother has a lot of good qualities. You should appreciate him more than you do. Mm -hmm. Um, Sam uses his opportunity to kick over the shifter. He jumps up, he loosens the ropes around his wrist against the knife, and then begins to fight with it in earnest. And we have this really nice choreographed hand-to-hand combat scene And the shifter, Dean, is calling Sam his little brother, but Sam is saying, you are not him. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the shifter, Dean, has gotten the upper hand, still taunting Sam all the while. You know, even when we were kids, I always kicked your ass. Mm hmm. He throws Sam into a bookshelf. He throws Sam into a coffee table. And then when he sprawled out on the floor, the shifter climbs on top of Sam and starts choking him. But it's in this moment that the real Dean enters, gun raised, and he unloads two shots into the shifter's chest. Becca goes and checks on Sam while Dean reviews his doppelganger, retrieving his necklace from around its neck. Yes. So, big action sequence, and we got to watch a quote-unquote Dean die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they have this shot where we have both Dean the shifter and Dean uh, himself, like you said, surveying the body, but they're in the shot together, and it's, you know... And the, the shifter has retained Dean's shape, even in death. Yeah. So that's going to be fun for Dean. <laughs> Becky now knows the truth about Sam's life. And um, no one else in their friend group knows. And Justin even know. Yeah. Um, Becca gives him a final hug, saying that his friends miss him. And will Sam call? And he says, not for a little while. And we also know that Zack was freed because Dean Winchester was the killer. And they found the lair with the murder weapons and Zack's clothes and, like, the blood from all the victims down there. So, case closed. Dean Winchester, (laughs) the murderer, is dead. Again, Sam is just giving this all, uh, divulging this all to Dean like it's no big deal. Now, Dean, who, you know, uh, as far as the authorities believe, is dead. But still, now, Dean Winchester, one, is legally dead. And two, is accused of 
a triple hom- homicide. Well, yeah, I guess a I, I, well, double, double. Well, well and did Lindsay live? <laughs> yeah, at least at least one homicide. But we did know that you know it was it was asked early in the episode how many murders has this um guy gotten away with, and yeah. and there were um. There were multiple skins and multiple little trophy piles in that uh, shifter's lair, so uh, it could be that uh, this is "quote unquote" closing the case on um, more more victims than just uh, Emily. Yeah, more than what the show has revealed to yeah. us. So then we have our final scene: driving, of course. Of course. And Dean is apologizing to Sam that he can't be the other version of himself. That, you know, he's kind of stuck in this life. But Sam never fit in in Stanford, he said. He never felt like that was for him. Mm-hmm. And um, Dean tries to comfort him, saying that they're both freaks. And I can't help but think of how Sam heard the shifter as Dean describing how Dean felt like a freak and how it seemed like this isolating thing when the shifter said it. But here we have Dean essentially admitting to the same thing, but he's using it as a solidarity motion with his brother. You know, I called you a freak earlier, but ultimately we're both freaks and right. that's okay because we have each other. Right. Freaks together. And and yeah. Dean is all, also saying, um, you know, I'm... I'm sorry that it has to be like this. I wish you could be Joe college. I wish that you could have the life that you want. Um, which, uh, which again, Sam heard the shifter say all these things about how Dean is secretly resentful of Sam for a lot of the reasons that, that Dean is now putting up as, you know, I, I, I wish you could have this. I, I, I hope this for you. Um, so, so it kind of, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if it'll come up later, uh, explicitly, uh, in this season, but, uh, I I was kind of surprised that Sam didn't challenge Dean more on what the shifter said. Yeah. And I wonder if it is like respecting his brother's privacy, um, or if there's maybe some doubt, like with the demon, you know, it mm-hmm. could have just been saying things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Either way, truth or not truth, it was something that he wasn't meant to hear. So. Yeah. And Sam is kind of doing what we saw at the start of the episode, which is that sin of omission. You know, it's lying when you don't say it. So here he is kind of performing that again but it's to kind of save his brother the discomfort yeah yeah i get that yeah he always thinks he's doing the right thing when he is hiding stuff from dean well and i think that with each new episode i think that the secrets are building so there's gonna be there's just like this episode where um you know he fudged until he until it all imploded with becky um yeah this is gonna have it's gonna come back and bite him eventually yeah they can't keep on lying to each other Mm -hmm. without there being repercussions and 
Sam hasn't quite learned his lesson with how things went with Becky because ultimately that washed out in the end, right? Like, we're Mm -hmm. still friends. We're still hugging. And so there isn't really the lesson learned just yet. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Dean ends the episode with this cute little quip about, you know, I'm kind of sad I'm going to miss it. I mean, how many times do you get to go to your own funeral? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Dean, you have no idea how many deaths are coming for you. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was I was more um of the thought, oh, Dean, there's no one to come to your funeral. Don't. <laughs> I don't like to think about that. Season 11, the finale where he's like, I want a big funeral. I want yeah. everyone there. I want it to be a celebration. And I'm just still screaming. Yep. 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 But we're in season one, episode mm-hmm. six. And that was Skin. Yes, it was. For me. No, B, I went first last time. B, what's your final takeaway? Okay, I am a sucker for all the, like, edgy, I'm a freak, no one gets me. No! No way! I am absolutely a sucker because, A, the angst potential that comes from those things potentially being true, and, B, just the general insights into Dean's character that... Oh my god, considering they were going to start with the Han Solo archetype and he was just going to be like all of this masculine performative, you know, we're the Midwestern standard of a man. Uh And they're like on episode six and having him be like, no one's going to love me and everyone's going to leave. And I'm like, this is, this is exactly up my alley. I'm weak for this. (sighs) Fine. If I can get past the tone deafness of the way that the mm-hmm. shifter is putting forth his woe is me, uh, then I can look underneath that to to see those kernels of truth in Dean himself, those hidden truths in Dean himself, and appreciate the uh, the angst potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think with a lesser actor, it would have been very incel. Like, it is reading by rote from that script, but I think Jensen does have just a little bit of edge where I'm like, I'm not feeling that 100%. I'm still in the Dean feels, like, the psychotherapy of what his characterization is in this episode is just so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot there is a lot dropped uh on Dean this episode. A lot that we learned. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to explore later. Yeah. Or expand on later. So that's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. What is yours? Hmm. Oh, one more thing just related to your takeaway was mm-hmm. this was the first episode that made me very nostalgic or sad for the Dean now and the Dean later at the end of the series, season 15. Ooh. Tell me more. I, I mean, I don't want to get too much in like how the series ends, but seeing, well, seeing this Dean here 
small, sad, lonely, alone, feeling like he has no one and he's just holding on to Sam by and his dad by the tips of his fingers, but he really just does believe that they will leave him they'll end up leaving him too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what to, did to we have... accomplish with fifteen years? Yeah, what did we accomplish for for fifteen years? We 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 have this Dean here and I want to take him and and say look look at the family and the friends that you make along the way look at what you will have and uh and it it really made me think about that about about how he he can and he does build a life for himself and actually form lasting connections where here he's saying that it's not a possibility for him in his life yeah yeah and i will again just be really remorseful for well that's not the word that I want but like just regretting the way that the series actually does decide to wrap up like Mm -hmm. the tone deafness in what they chose to do with his character like as a callback to nostalgia like it's just a baffling decision that I can't get behind yeah yeah you're you're calling (laughs) the 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 finale really just the whole point of the finale was to to call back to episode 1 to season 1 Sam and Dean and who they were where they started and this episode here seeing this is where they started sad and alone and with no one to care for them why would you want to call back to that when you yeah, built something why... so much better? Honestly. So. Like, with the passage of time and with the tapestry that you've woven for these characters, why is that where your mind goes? You're like, yeah, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. No. I'm sorry. I, we like our characters and we want them to have good things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was one thing that I was really thinking a lot about this episode. Um, but what would what would I call? I don't know. I guess that could that that could be my takeaway. A takeaway. I think that more in the here and now. My takeaway for this episode um, was. Uh, well, I can't take yours. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was going to say, was uh, knowing that Dean is feeling like he doesn't, you know, Dean himself is not being entirely truthful. He spent all episode needling Sam or trying to provoke Sam for. The fact that Sam Sam isn't being truthful with his closest people, but then Dean's doing the same thing. Yeah. With Sam so like, himself. So is it a level of repression that Dean just isn't aware of? Like, that he doesn't have the self-awareness to say, hey, and I'm doing the same thing. I mean, Dean's first line in this episode was and sam winchester wears women's panties so i think that's all we need to know we didn't even mention that he's projecting b i know like you can't make 
this many jokes from a single <laughs> character and be like, it was just jokes. It's like, no, bitch, you are weaving canon with every action. And those are the actions you took. You know, no take backsies. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, my God. Great point. So I think he, I I think that, um, I, I definitely noticed that he seemed to be, you know, the lady doth protest too much here trying to mm-hmm. imp- really push Sam in a way that he hasn't before like you're you're not doing it right you need to do it this way well and also it could be this if we're talking about like repression or um subconscious decisions um you know saying to Sam you know you can't have the friends that you had before you have to let them go mm-hmm. um the kind of end of that sentence is it's just us we're the only ones that can rely on each other mm-hmm. and that kind of feeds into Dean's whole I don't want people to leave me I don't want to be alone yeah yeah because because you know Dean feels that it's just this it's just them it's them and this together but he doesn't actually feel that way because he thinks he doesn't trust it yet yeah as soon as you know sam has some answers then he's going to be gone he doesn't need dean anymore Mm -hmm. because it's a matter of being needed and yeah oh there's just web upon web (laughs) of these layers that he is operating under Mm -hmm. so yeah those are the two things that i was thinking about the most this episode they're very good things. I'm very glad you brought up both. <laughs> and yeah, that is the episode. That was uh, episode six. Skin. Did did we like it? Be because I, I think that I think that I I think that I came off a little neg here, but I I did like the episode. I did. I didn't like yeah. certain tonal aspects of the episode, but I overall it was a great episode. It was. It, I liked this. I liked the story. I yeah. liked the monster. I liked the 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 darkness, uh, the horror that they brought into this episode, um, and we learned some like awesome things about our characters that we're just now starting to really care about. Exactly. I really enjoy the character beats in this episode. Um, it's really unfortunate. A lot of kind of the casual sexism and just the characterization that they gave but these insights these nuggets are really rewarding yeah yeah this this is an episode that for many reasons is called back to over and over and over again both through the series and in the the wealth of supernatural meta that we have out there so there's and there's good reason for it yeah you just have to wade through some <laughs> uncomfortable shit, which mm-hmm. unfortunately is a running theme of Supernatural, but... We should make a new NCFM uh, uh, drinking game where every time that we say self-depreciatingly, it was 2005, y'all, oh, uh, we, we should take a shot. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is at least in two till 2008 we're just going to be like drinking solidly oh yeah oh yeah good times (laughs) but yeah 2005 y'all but yeah that was the episode we hope you guys enjoyed it 
thank you guys for listening and join us next week when we cover uh season one episode seven Hookman, another urban legend well and on that end we're actually going to take a break oh. so the week after We'll see you guys with Hookman. You're so right. You're so right. I totally forgot. Yeah. Next week is a U.S. and Canadian holiday week. Uh, So we're going to uh, take a break. So we'll see you guys in two weeks to talk about episode seven. Carho Candor. Carho Candor. Yeah. See you there. (laughs) Later. Bye. Later. Bye. Later. Later, bye. Later, bye. Guys, guys, bye. <laughs> bye.